Welcome to the B-Side Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Frank, and today we have my buddy, one of my best friends, Big Chris. Y'all have heard him before. Y'all have seen him in the videos. How you doing today, Chris? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing today? I'm doing all right. Trying to break this heat up, man. I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> yeah. It's too hot. Oh, dude. It, and we finally got that little bit of rain yesterday, and it was like... Like, I got in my truck and it said 74 degrees, and I was like, what the hell is this temperature? I do not see triple damage in my truck. It makes you want to go Makes you want to go light a fire back in, yeah. dude. Other uh, than that burn ban we have in Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> well, you can still do a ceremonial recreation. For the, for the uh, first time in, like, 100 years, we have a burn ban in Louisiana. Well, no, a few years back we had one, but... I know, uh, I'm just saying. Dude, it's been a dry year, it, bro. It, it has been. And, like, Washington Parish was on fire a while back the interstate was on fire oh yeah yeah it's just it's so, become one of them things and that's that's what's crazy is that you know i never in hornville dude where, where i used to be a firefighter in hornville they've had two major grass fires in like two weeks in the marsh no or just like like pasture pasture oh, was caught on fire um it's definitely been dry man. which my I mean, thing was i haven't heard anything on it so i can't comment the first one could be like, all right, accidental. You yeah. know, somebody was smoking and dropped a cigarette. All right. When you have a second one, who's yeah, like right at, Right. <laughs> I mean, it's been dry, bro. This is probably, I mean, as far as I can think of, this is the driest year I've seen in a long time. But um, the only good thing coming out of that, really, is the, uh, <laughs> the salt water moving in. Oh, yeah. Typically, right now, we're high water. All the snow melts, all yeah. the rain up north, you know. We're typically high water right now. Yeah, we at least have, uh, you know, when when you're talking about that, we at least have rain through. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the river later on in the podcast, but the river drains <clears throat> parts of 31 states. Yeah. So basically, anywhere it's the central part of the country, if it rains, it comes it. through the river. Yeah, but we so, don't have nothing right now. No, like nowhere in the country's really having them. I mean, they yeah. have a little bit of rain, but it's not. Um, you know, they they say the river is muddy Mississippi, but it's green. It's green. <laughs> I mean, you can see three foot down in the Mississippi right now. It's green right and now. We bro. both worked on the river, and yeah, it's rare that you could see. That's what I'm anything. saying. I've never seen it quite that quite that low. Yeah. And, and last year too. Last year was the same. It's dude. Yeah. It's never come up. No, it's and, never come up. Um, we had a surge, we had a surge, well, and then that lasted about three weeks, maybe a month, yeah. and then it's it was right back low where it was, which, I'll be honest, bro, I'm not mad because I can go right down there in the river and catch whatever it is I want to catch. Yeah. I have yeah. to do crabs out the wazoo. Um, but yeah, so, well, we could talk about how low the river is now, that's supposed to be later on, and then we'll kind of jump back into it, but. You know, with the river being low, um, it's something like the last 400 miles of the river is lower than, the bottom of it is lower than sea level. So what happens well, there. good for New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so what happens there is you can allow salt water to, or salt water is denser than fresh water. So when you have low flow like this, that salt water comes up underneath it and you still have the fresh water on top yeah so what's crazy is you could be sitting there fishing in the river and catch expecting those uh 
big flatheads or something. Yeah, big flatheads or Next something. Thing you know, you got a tackle trail. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, and right I'll now, I'll the fifty-eight mile mark. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> mile fifty-eight. So for people that don't like know where the mile fifty-eight is, and we did it, we were kind of guessing where it was. Mile fifty-eight is Myrtle Grove, for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah. So there's salt water on the bottom of the river right now to Myrtle Grove. Yeah. Um, and I've caught redfish in Davant when I worked on the river before. I don't know if we were supposed to be fishing, but I mean, we had fishing poles on a boat, you know. Well, don't tell any folks. <laughs> I mean, I don't work there anymore, so it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, but I yeah. never fished off of a tugboat, Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never caught mangrove snap snappers, yeah, uh, small right. mangrove snappers, right off the side of the boat. Right. Uh, but anyway. We've caught redfish at the Davant Anchorage waiting on, you know, like you're sitting there and you're waiting on crew change and it's like, well, I'm going to go throw a rod off the back of the boat because we've been here for Well, you, you remember I took P down there by the, uh, where the hell was that at? By the, Fort uh, Jackson, huh? No, no, it wasn't Fort Jackson. It was over by, uh, oh. oh, the Point of Hashbury. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. About a point of edge fair right off the rocks. And uh, him and I did well. Surprisingly well. Because I was like, you know, I've never been here. What are we going to do? He just wanted to go, you know, fool around, throw a line. So I took him down there. Dude, we, we, we ended up doing nice. Like, I mean, we come home with, what, two dozen crabs. Um, what was very unfortunate, which this is something I don't agree with, but, you know, it is what it is, is the pompano and the flounder um season that two month span yeah you can't keep floundering pompano yeah it just so happens that day we caught flounder and pompano and uh i was sad because my buddy was like hey man that's awesome but uh sucks you had to throw it back i was like throw what back (laughs) (laughs) he's like both of those fish i'm like are you are you serious man yeah bubba was mad (laughs) he was mad yeah uh I heard pompano's good eating. I've never had it. Um, I couldn't tell you because I had to throw a back. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we can make a trip down there and try that. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, in Louisiana, it's changing the regulations so much and all right now. Yeah. And probably the most controversial. And it's, it's so I'm going to talk about the notice of intent. I know y'all have heard it, but the trout is going from 13 to 20 inches slot limit with two over 20 and a 15 creel limit. So I can remember two summers ago, or last summer, I don't know, time flies, but me, you, and Josh were out there, we're like, 25 specs. When was the last time you caught 25 specs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're kind of telling ourselves right now, but uh, I feel the same way. I mean, but... It's like... I mean, look, there's guys that go out there and absolutely slaughterhouse. And, I mean, look, good good, good for you. You know, I'm not mad at you anyways. But I'll be honest, when this when this notice of intent first came out uh, for the trout and there's one for the redfish, I'll be honest, I was, up, I was upset. Bro. I was kind of mad because I'm like, who, you know, who the hell are you to tell me? Like, why are you changing this? Just, you know, we're going to go ahead and change it. But the more I thought about it, um... It's just going to boost the estuaries count. It's going to boost your quality. You know, like we had talked about earlier, same thing with deer. You know, you get on a, a chunk of property, quit shooting your spikes, quit shooting your little four points, and then you'll start having sixes. Quit shooting your sixes, you'll start having eights. You know what I'm saying? 
you manage your you manage your deer herd, right? You want quality. Well, it's the same thing with the fish. You you have to manage that herd, you know. And uh, a lot of people say, I don't notice a decline. Oh, I haven't seen a redfish decline or a speckled trout decline. And that's good for you, you know, that that's fine. But I know a majority of people have seen a decline. And not only that, the uh, wildlife fisheries biologists, they've seen a decline. So clearly somewhere there's a problem that this should help out. So um, I, I don't know if you ever got a phone call from L.A. Creel. No. It's the – so – L.A. Creel was started so that they could talk to the anglers and find out. Because, you know, yeah, you can go out there and do a, buy, a test to find out how many redfish are in the square acre or whatever. Well, they just but, they just had some new information put out about red snapper, and that's why it's going to four per person. Right? Yeah. Well, they haven't met. They're at like 20. Or I think like by July 4th, they were at like 20% of their. Exactly. And it's like. <laughs> Well, they didn't have information on them for the longest time. So, Louisiana is able to manage their snapper fisheries. And the problem with the snapper fisheries is, I'm going to say this, is because, and if y'all hear the clicks and it sounds like a kid in tap shoes walking, (laughs) um, we have my dog Harper and Wesson running around the house right now. Yeah. And um, so that's that's what that that clicks are. But the red snapper was done as a golf management. Well, the problem is we have a ton of more structure off of our coast, and so does Texas, but we have more structure in shallower water than anywhere else on the Gulf Coast. Right, and that holds the fish. That didn't holds realize the that. fish. But, a, but, I mean... A reef is great. Don't get me wrong. A natural reef is great. But well, it yeah. does not hold the fish like an oil platform does. And your oil platforms will start to become reeves, if that makes any sense. Um, oh, for sure. Like, so when you dive down in them, they'll have... Uh, all kinds of growth. Yeah, they'll have all kind of... not barn, bar, Well, they'll have barnacles, obviously. But, yeah. Um, they'll have um, coral growing on it because coral needs that hard base... To start growing and steel provides that right so you get these reef fish that's attracted to them and when you have more structure and what's crazy this is i've had divers tell me this and i don't know how true it is and i've had people argue with me um and and i'll and i'll tell some of the flaws in their argument in a second but and i know this podcast kind of went off the rails but <laughs> that's, <laughs> when, that's how we do when it does it uh, so I, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this real quick story. We went, my um my godfather, my uncles got scuba certified, got into spear fishing. We went into the um we went out to one of the rigs. We had a guy with us that was ex military stuff like that, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna free dive," and we're like, "What?" He's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and free dive. I ain't gonna use a tank." And I was like, hey, no, he shoot the fish free diving. This dude shot more fish than everybody else combined. But anyway, so while he's free diving, he's like, hey, y'all toss chum into the rig legs to make the fish come. And I'm like, bro, we ain't tossing chum. You're going to eat by a shark. He's yeah. like, oh, the shark won't come in the um, rig legs. I'm like, do what? 
what do you mean the shark don't come in the rig legs? Yeah. And he's like, it's something to do with the like, because sharks the have yeah. the electronic, like the, the, I call it electronics, but it's not like Yeah, right, right, right. It's, it sensors all down their body, and the vibrations from a production platform mess with them. I didn't know that. So they won't go in the rig legs. And I've had people say, oh, I've dropped the line straight down, and I've caught sharks off the rigs. Yeah. But you know what the difference is? Whenever you pull up to a rig, unless you're using a boat that is holding off of that rig, you're on the downswell side. Yeah. So you're on the down current side. Which means your line. Yeah, is going away from said yeah. rig. Yeah, yeah. Um, and unless you have like 10 pounds of weight, you're never going to get dropped straight down. Right. And then just because the current, let's say, is a mile an hour at the surface, it could be five, three right. feet down, you know. But but either way, though, um, <laughs> we, 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 back got, on the trout. we got back, we got off track <laughs> there with the... With but, the reds, we uh we wanted to kind of focus on the uh, size and career limits of the trout and the redfish because it it's controversial to a lot of people. And I mean, you know, everything's as as an outdoorsman, you know, you fish how you like, you hunt how you like, so you have your opinions on that world. I personally don't mind the things that's changing now. However, I did not know that the redfish slot, slot limit was going to be 18. I don't know how I feel about that just yet, um, but you can't change it, so what's the point in being upset about it? Um, we'll see over the next few years what that does to the to the population. I mean, I don't see it going anywhere but up. So, um, the issue with the redfish one... The issue is going to be when you hook on to a 17 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well... No more, no more po' boys. Yeah. Um... So, the issue with the redfish one is, I didn't get the exact data, but originally it was like a 30-year recovery plan. The Jeez. original no, the original notice of intent that went to the commission. I want to be, so, I want to be here in 30 years. So, so that, that's the thing. So, a 30-year recovery plan is if everything stays the same. That's what these recoveries are. It's 30 years if everything from today stays exactly the same. What's the issue with that? You will never have that marsh stay exactly the same for yeah. more than a couple of years. Right. Uh, we've been a fortunate this year and last year that we haven't had any hurricanes. But look what Ida did. Ida changed the oh. entire marsh. If you knew the marsh before Ida, and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish the marshes in South Louisiana." Dude, I've seen canals well, disappear. Yeah. I mean, just and this was. I mean, I've been fishing. I've been. I mean, I've been fishing since you know I was a kid. But I've been fishing these areas. For over twenty years, and I mean, dude, those hurricanes take a toll. I mean, look but at, but either way, though, either way, hurricanes and not hurricanes, um, something. I feel like something has to happen, yeah, or else we just won't. It, it won't be sportsman's paradise and, like it yeah. was. And then the problem. So this is the problem with redfish too. Redfish is a federally. It's not protected, but. Basically, if a redfish gets below a certain threshold, they're not going to let it go extinct in the state. No. The federal no. government's going to step in. Right. Well, guess what? Uh, Florida is allowed to keep one. Texas, Texas is what, two? Two. Yeah. Um, 
Mississippi's only a, cu- a handful. Two or three, yeah. Yeah. So if you get down to federally management, you are not going to like their regulations. Yeah. Because they're going to have a slot of 18 to 19. <laughs> yeah, 18 to 19, you can keep one. Yeah. Or a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> per boat. Yeah. Per vessel. Um, you're going to have to be like the, the Bluefin 2 to permit store. you got to register your vessel. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like I said, bro, there's a lot of guys, which I don't see why, man. I mean, you know, you go out on any given day, and it's let's say it's a good day. You got good days and bad days. You go out on a good day, you know, you, chances are you're not by yourself. You want a partner to go out. Yeah. You know, you catch 30. That's enough fillets. You catch six red. That's enough fillets for uh, for any fry. Yeah. For any any family meal. And I mean, what? You, you don't have nothing in the freezer. God forbid you got to go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know so and you, you know. So so the, just get talk out about there. the go decline get... of they don't see the decline of the redfish, right? I went out with probably one of the better anglers I know, and I know if he's listening, I'm gonna like swell his head up. But I outfished you on the last video you put out, and I've outfished you last time. The time before that, I went fishing. You know, he you. gets mad when you say that. Right? Oh, I know he does. <laughs> uh, but I did both. I outfished you. Uh, <laughs> but oh man, me and me and Vinny with, from Pelican Bone Outdoors went out to do a tagging video for redfish because we noticed it prior. You know that. We noticed that the redfish were in decline, and we wanted to talk about that to raise awareness of it. And when I tell you that, I don't know. If <laughs> so there's some stuff in the background that's kind of comical right now, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, so you know, and Vin, Vinny's a great angler. Like I, I'm going to give him that. He's better than me. He's he's better than you. No offense, you know. <laughs> but, but I'm saying Vin, Vinny's Vinny's probably no, I, I know, one, I, know, one of, I, know I know I'm not gonna say the best angler I know personally, but one of the best. Um and the only reason he doesn't have that is because I know somebody else that outfished him by a whole lot. But we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> um <laughs> not just you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else. All I'm gonna say, Vinny, is remember Hodges last year. I have pictures to prove that. Um, but yeah, so we went out and we fished and fished. Oh, I remember and that. Fished. I remember that. And Myrtle Grove, where I had spots ten years ago that I could say, "Man, you want to go catch it? The the tide's falling, or the tide's coming in." You want to go catch a little bit of redfish real quick? Yeah, real quick. Like, real quick. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> you, you, oh, oh. Go. Go. Um, He's talking to his dog. Yeah, not y'all. <laughs> y'all please stay. <laughs> um, she was trying to climb in my lap over here because she thinks she's a lap dog. But So, we went and fished, I mean, until 2 o'clock and caught two or three redfish. Yeah. In an area that five years ago, I would have limited out in five minutes. I was about to say, not minutes. long. Not long you ago. Know? And look, we've done it before. We've limited out. But um, and not just that. Dude, now that I think about it, it wasn't nothing. Like, it was just like, hey, it wasn't, I'm going to go fishing. It was, I'm going to go get a limit of redfish real quick. Yeah, and when, when, our, when our grandparents and parents were a kid, redfish was considered a trash fish. Like, yeah. 
Like people would keep well, you hundreds say of them. I'm about to say why yeah. they keep hundreds of his trash. Yeah. Fish. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Though. Like the people that you fished them, we had so many of them. Twelve inch redfish were yeah. going in the box. Oh, bruh. I, and that's and that's another thing I wanted to talk about, man. Years ago, you know, my dad, his dad, type of stuff. I mean, they were filling up the whole bottom of boats full of redfish, and something had to happen because of a decline. So now, and you know, a lot of people is going to say, "Oh, well, you're just hating on this person, or you want to see this industry disappear." I'm I'm not at all trying to say, "Well, uh, taking food off people's table or money out of people's pockets." But, you know, you still have the uh, charter fishermen. I mean, everybody in their grandma's charter, which keep keep it up. Keep it up. You know, that's, that's awesome that we, we have that down here. But I, I just feel like it, I feel like this is going to help them with the quality and the uh, numbers. And, you know. Yes, you're going to be able to keep three a person. But how many are you going to be able to catch? Yeah. You know, how and, many how many are you going to be able to hook on to? And that's what makes a good day. You catch so, a fish. So this, this, so all right. I'm going to talk a little bit about this because I heard this with the trout and the redfish argument. But also with these creel limits, the guides are no longer allowed to keep a limit. While or fishing. the deckhands. Or the deckhands. Yeah. So the crew's not allowed to keep. Which, um, to my understanding, if you, if me and you go fishing, right, it is illegal to party fish. So we don't have a limit of 30 speckle trout if this goes into effect. You have a limit of 15. I have a limit of 15. Right. Um, so the guides that were allowing clients to keep these fish were actually in violation of the law. The guide had to catch his 25. And I guarantee you, they ain't no guide. Now, they may have a guy write in and say, well, I used to catch my 25, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to say there was no guide. Most of your guides used it as an extra limit for their clients. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, which I mean, you can't blame them. You know, you want your client and, to have the best trip, the best time, but, catch the most fish. So, so this is the thing, right? In that the some of the guides that were at the commissioner's meeting were arguing. Well, my clients come to bring home fish. Not necessarily. I when I go fishing, how many times have you been around me that I kept fish? Never. Like. Never. I mean, I go to fish. Yeah. I like to fish. If I, you, think, I think over the years you've taken fish home maybe twice. Yeah. Typically, you just, you're like, no, I'm good, man. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it's going to go, because I know it's going to happen, right? I'm going to cook. Only you eat it. Yeah, it's only gonna I eat freezer. it. It's going to sit in my freezer, and in five years, I'm going to go clean out my freezer and th throw it away. Right. So why waste that when I know right. you and your family eat fish? Oh yeah, we we smack some um some trail fillets. Yeah, and and fresh fish is better than frozen fish anyway. Oh man! So 100%. like I could have a hundred pounds of fish in my freezer, and I go and catch three fish you and fresh. <laughs> I'm eating three fish first. <laughs> but yeah, so and the trout is with the thirteen to twenty isn't bad. Um. I'm I'm not even I'll be honest, dude. When I found out it was eighteen to uh twenty four, <laughs> I was I was a little disheartened. I'll be I'll be honest, bro. But so, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Thirteen to what, twenty? Twenty. I'm dude, I'm not even mad at that. So I'm not even mad at that. So a little bit about that is that they had that before any of this even came about, what, a year or two ago? Yeah. They had that release over twenty thing that was just more of a of an optional 
Yeah. You know, hey, let's keep the. I mean, and look at look at dudes like uh like Marshman. I mean, he goes out and can catch twenty five speckle trout. You know, he'll catch fifty of them and keep ten. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. It's that's what he needs for dinner that night. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's it. So you know, you got guys all over the place who have been doing their part to uh to try to hold on to the population, and that's fine. But I mean, look. If it's legal, that's what it's going to be for a lot of people, yeah. and that's fine. That's your that's your legal rights to do so. It, I'm just not upset that it's, you know, two over twenty with a fifteen crew. Yeah. I'm not upset with that. And and you know the because how many times me, you, and Josh went out and come home with thirty, thirty three? Yeah, know, we've never caught seventy five trout. No, and we we might suck at fishing. That's fine. Well, but I'm no, because I I know guys that. That fish trout every weekend that'll go out, and before ten o'clock we'll have a lemon or trout. But the difference is, these guys are going out. They know how the trout are patterned. They know where the trout are, you know. And we've had a couple of trips to where if we really wanted to, we eat through eleven and a half inch trout. Yeah, we could have made a box. Yeah, but it was kind of like, all right, I'm getting kind of tired. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, get a little worm outside. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, and we got a video of that where me and you and Josh were just on the back of the boat, anchored out, yeah. catching one like one person would cast and reel in, and the other one next to him would cast and reel. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, I wish I'd have had a camera. Uh, last time I went out with a couple of buddies from work, that was a uh, we <laughs> we definitely had to pick them apart, bro, because they were all eleven three quarters. So, and then so this was the thing. I'm so I'm assuming it was in the Barataria Basin y'all went. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, what you yeah. know? Yeah. Where else? Uh, so, where else? On the on the east side, and if you're catching, if you if you're struggling to catch big trout on the east side of the river, stop fishing. Stop fishing because you're in the wrong spot. You just need to move. Yeah, because they do have bigger trout over there. They do, and dude, I wonder why though. I wonder if it's uh, more. I think a part of so let, let's talk about the Barataria Basin. So Barataria Terrebonne Basin, I'm going to kind of lump into one. That's. Majority that most of your state attempts at catching a speckled trout is in them two basins. Like there's like the east and the west don't have as many as much, you know. Because think about it. Basically, anybody that launches out of anybody that launches out of Lafitte, anybody that launches out of Myrtle Grove, anybody that launches out of Port Sulphur. Anybody that launches out of Grand Isle, out they're of gonna be Sean, in the Barataria Basin. They're going to yeah. be in the Barataria Basin. So you have all these fishermen, and they asked them, they asked the biologists outright. So why don't the trout get over bigger than twelve inches, really, in the Barataria Basin? Because nobody throws twelves back. Because if they're twelve, they're going they're, to the box. That's box. how they're getting a living. And it, like I like I mentioned before, it's the same thing with the deer. Yeah. If you start throwing twelves back, they're all going to be thirteen within a month. Yeah. So, and, and now during the winter, it may take a little bit longer, but you know, I disagree. I disagree. So, yeah, I'll be honest, man. In the winter time, let's go fall and winter time is when I typically catch my bigger trout. Yeah, like dead dead middle of winter time is where I catch those seventeens, nineteens. Yeah, consistently. And the like when you catch it. Dude, and look, for for y'all that's never caught, like, if y'all are listening to this and you're like, man, 
trout, trout fishing, you just kind of reel them in. Hook on to like a 17, 18, 19, 20-inch trout. Oh, man. It's a totally different ball game to catch a 12-inch trout. Dude, it's... Because they don't surf. They no, yeah, they go, yeah, they fly. That's, Bro, that's, so... I, dude, I, I love speckled trout. One, one of the last full videos I put out on the YouTube page was when I went with my grandparents to Myrtle Grove. I remember that. To yeah. fishing. And, that was that little rodeo down there. Yeah, that rodeo down there. And look, when I tell you... Like, they had a lot going on in that video because I took my daughter fishing for the first time, saltwater. Right, right. And, um, and it was just... But... So... I stole away from Vinny, who stole away from somebody he fished with, to, um, to where I use a swim bait hook mixed with, like, with the twist on. Yeah. And I hook it to where it's a weedless hook. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's great about the Barataria, the Barataria, Barataria or any way you fish, if there's rocks and the fish are right on the edge of the rocks, I'm casting into the rocks and yeah, dragging it out. Right. Well, I did that. They had mullet, and I was like, man... Fished and muggled around that point. And my uncle's like, I can't get close to that point with my with mine. I keep getting hung up. And I was like, well, I can. And that's when I caught that. De- I mean, that was the tape measure we had ended at an 18-inch tape measure. <laughs> and he was at least an inch and a half longer than it. Um, right. He was, I took first place with him in the rodeo. And But if it would have, if me and you and Josh would have been fishing it, and I'd have seen that fish was over 20, he would have went back in the water anyway. But, but guess what? I was fishing a tournament at that point. Yeah. And uh Well that's what I was saying, that that uh release over twenty thing yeah. has been I'm not saying everybody's been doing it, but uh, you know, a handful of people yeah. down here have been doing it for the last but probably what's year. It's crazy. Or two. But now that this is going into effect, like it or not, it's happening. Yeah. At first when it came out, I was upset about it and I gave it some thought. I'm like, you know what? It, it is. It's one of the things. It is what it is. You're not going to change it by complaining about it. So you might as well go. You're not going to stop fishing. You're not going to give up what you love yeah. just because. Oh, I can only catch you know ten less fish than before. Who cares, man? Go out there, have a good time, and let's see what this brings. Let's see if it brings quality. You know, let's. Because I mean, look, I'll be honest, dude. Texas, I think you can keep five speckled trout. Yeah, <laughs> but it's five. Friggin it's like 20 to 24 inch speckled trout. Me and my brother call them bull speckled trout. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So you can't tell me. When, and I'm not saying I want to keep five. I'm, I'm cool with the 15. Let's, let's, let's not go overboard. But um, but you can't tell me that doesn't work for your quality. Yeah. And not that Louisiana doesn't hold those 24s and, you know, crazy uh, five, six pound speckle trout, but you just got to go take an airplane, airplane yeah. ride and get there. Yeah. Um, which I know a guy, if anybody's interested, I'll give you the information. If he wants to sponsor this podcast, he can too. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, but we were talking about that earlier too, with the charter fishermen, you know, growing up, you might've had oh, dude, I, a I handful. Told, so I don't know, for, for, for those of you who are familiar with the Lafitte area, I used to I used to live down there with my grandparents. Back then, it was Seaway Marina, and you'd walk in, and there was three business cards in that marina. One of them was uh, Tofield, one of them was Rojas, and there was another guy I can't remember. But that was it. That was the only guys you heard of. That was the only guys you knew of. And you know now, I mean, there's there was what six hundred. 
yeah. registered uh <laughs> yeah something like that six hundred registered guides well uh, that's the association related guide there's like five something right and it's like so you know there's a lot of charter fishermen that are going to be like i ain't joining an association well yeah you yeah. know it's and that's it's, fun. That's it's no different which i'm going to plug this because this is something near and dear to my heart when we're talking about associations and not everybody registering um these associations are here to represent that user group so that you have a unified voice when it comes to these regulation changes, right? So, for example, I'm a member of the Louisiana Trapper and Alligator Hunters Association, which there's a link on my link tree if you want to join it, which will be in the show notes, to where you can go ahead, join the association if you're a trapper or an alligator hunter, and they provide education. Um, they will go out to bat to help any regulation changes. Um, if you have anything like that, they're there to um, to support. They're not there to necessarily... They're there to support the hunters and, you know, they're there to support their user group is the best way of saying it. Uh, so, yeah. So, if the... If you're on that just real quick, did you, did you uh, fill out that lottery? For alligator hunts? Yeah. Yes. Did you? I did not. Oh. But a Mr. Vincent Verdan did. There you go. And um, me and him will be hunting alligators again together. Um, I uh still waiting on some tail meat. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I lost all of mine. What? Oh, oh, you didn't hear about that? No. So I had my freezer plugged in in Matt's shed. And people laugh at me that I'm a Scrooge, that I'm all of this, but this is a reason I hate Christmas lights. <laughs> Somebody unplugged my deep freezer oh. to plug in Christmas lights. Dude. So Matt walked in the shed one day and he was like, kind of stinks in here. And then not only did I lose um, all of my alligator and snapper from last year, which Vinny still has some. I got a skull for your boys, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, which you got to make it a skull. It's a head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll touch on that after. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so there's, uh, I lost all of that, all of my hides that I had frozen because raccoon, oh, no. raccoon hides are nothing, um, which luckily it happened before last traffic season. I have a lot more frozen. I need to get in there and, th and get rid of some animals that I froze whole because I was too lazy to do anything. Oh, Lord. Uh, like, I was running late. or Actually, somebody went and run my traps for me one day. And he was like, oh, I don't want to skin this raccoon. What can I do? And I was like, just put it in the deep freezer. <laughs> so I have multiple in the deep freezer right now. Um, but, yeah. Well, anyway, so I lost my alligator meat, my snapper meat, uh, all of my dog training Blood, deer blood, hides, yeah. drag, stuff like that. Well, uh, when uh, when does that kick off? Uh, September. Oh, Lord, that's around the corner. <laughs> I think it's like September and October. Uh, I got to check the regulations again. Uh, I'm I'm going to be Vinny's assistant hunter. But you are, are you going to be putting that back on the YouTube page? Well, we can't because of where we're at. Because of the because uh, of the management area, you can't film on a management area. What? Why? You can't film all alligator hunting on a man. Like it specifically says in the rules. Um, oh wow! Part of that. that. So 
for y'all that don't know about alligator hunting, the alligator industry has, I think, been deeply affected by swamp people. A lot of that is put on. A lot of that is fake. If you've never hunted alligators before, most of them, I would say 90% of them come up, float to the surface, and be like, hey, I'm here, you know, yeah, and that's it. That's what I heard. Um, and every now and then they'll swim and stuff like that and might pull a boat around, but they're not coming up biting aside the boat. They're not. I mean, we had one that did that, but that's because it was in like three three inches of water. We pulled up in a mud boat, and yeah. he was like freaked the hell out. At us. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah. So, but, but the other two that we caught, or the big one that we caught, he kind of swam, but he swam. He didn't jump up or anything. Right. And the other one literally just floated to the surface and was like, Pack, you know, right, yeah, and that yeah. was all to it. But. But yeah, getting back on the redfish and trout that I think they should have been stricter is because they have a five-year recovery plan for trout. And I want to say redfish is like anywhere between 10 and 30 years. The issue with a 30-year recovery plan in South Louisiana is that marsh will not be the same in 30 years. The Barataria Basin will not be the same in the next three years. Right. And the reason is, is they're putting the mid-barataria diversion in. And I don't think it'll affect redfish as much as the speckled trout. No. Um, and I mean, that's, and, another, that's another topic that I was yeah. not a, a fan of was, was this diversion. It's the largest, um, if I'm not mistaken, largest diversion in the world. Yeah. If not the world, definitely the United States. But I, I don't know. Me personally, anytime... The government gets involved. I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of what they're doing. So, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people feel the same way. And I have I have buddies with camps down there, and what that's going to do to them is everything that they have. They're going to have to raise three feet. Yes. Because on on a regular high tide right now, you're at the bottom of the dock. No, nah, you're over the dock. Well, you're well, at you're yeah. at the you're at the we. You're at the dock. Yeah, we rebuilt. So we rebuilt ours after Ida, maybe. So what that's going to do is with that diversion, it's just, it, I mean, it's going to be three feet over that. Yeah. So, and, you know, now, like my grandpa has the lift on his boat. If well, as of now, he can get it probably, he can get it over his dock, which over his dock is normally, let's see. So his dock, normally the baseboard is at the water level, and he's yeah. got a 2 by 12 on top of that for the dock. And then his boat's normally, like, like right, e the bottom of the boat's even with the dock. Yeah. So three foot, his T-top's going to be through the uh, top yeah. of the yeah. roof. So what do you do at that point? Do you cut well, a hole in the roof? Well, no, the, for the, state, the state is uh, taking care of that from what I'm hearing. The, the state will raise the structure. Yeah. The, 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 the camp, the... Uh, I'm trying to think because my grandparents just looked into it. They got to raise the road and the structure. They got to raise the road and the camp if yeah. they if need be. Yeah, they're not going to raise the um, docks. They're not going to raise the docks. They're not going to raise the um the roof of the dock because that's the situation they're having. Yeah, which I would just tell my grandpa cut a hole so the t top could go through, but that's just me. Right. But I mean, <laughs> but back to it. Yeah. Back to it though, with that diversion coming into play, 
my biggest issue was it wasn't the redfish because the redfish, I mean, you know, they're they're rigid, brother. You can catch them they, anywhere. They Texas it's the speckled stocks, trout. Texas will stock a pond, a pond yeah. with redfish. I mean, they, they they're <laughs> definitely yeah, they're they're definitely one of those fish that uh. They're, they're not hard yeah. to. They, they they're need, not easy to get rid of. Yeah, they 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 need the system. salt to breed. But besides that, a redfish and like a bass, which most people don't know, a largemouth bass thrives in brackish water. Yeah. The problem is what happens with like bass down here. Hurricanes. Is hurricanes and it just it annihilates the bass. Like. But as far as the diversion and why I was upset was that diversion is going to push a lot more fresh water into that area than we've ever had before and what that's going to do is well it's going to push all your salt out which that's where your speckled trout thrive you know whether they're breeding or or just chasing the shrimp it's going to push the shrimp the salt the crabs the speckled trout it's going to push them further out uh, look at uh look at point lahash with yeah. the Mardi Gras i mean point lahash i mean I don't know if you can find a crab boat in Point Lash anymore. I, I don't know. Um, if they now, are, they got to go crab, further out. Crabs are a little bit brackish, too. Um, well, well, we'll focus on the yeah. trout, but what I'm saying is I was upset because it is going to mess up something. It, something's going to change. You're just going to have to adapt to that change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, whereas your trout is what they call on the inside, the inside's going to be further out now. The I don't know what the hell the outside's going to be. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the, the inside's going to be grand out. But, yeah. you know, you talk about that, but like Calcasieu. The Calcasieu River is what I was trying to think of before we were talking. Yeah. The Calcasieu has the same type of thing. Because if they run the diversion right, and I'm going to say that, the diversion should put fresh water in at the. So, in other words, basically they should dig a cut. And if the river gets above this height, it goes into the marsh. It goes into the Well, they're not trying to divert the river. Like, yeah. Like, they're not trying to divert water because of levees and all that. They're just trying to build the marsh. And that's why they're doing what they're doing with it. Yeah. It's not one of those diversions where it's like, hey, we need to get rid of it. If you wanted to get rid of river water to where it's not pushing the levees and all that, you would literally have to start in, like, Kentucky yeah, you know, or Tennessee and come down through Mississippi. Or start start up well, above Arkansas, come down through Texas. If you wanted to truly divert that water, what they're trying to do is build the marsh. And you know, I'm not a biologist, I'm not an engineer, but I just had my own kind of theory about that. I was saying, take all your dredge spoil, pump it into oh, a barge, no and pump that on your islands. That's that's whatever's well, left over. Start pumping it onto that. Why at, wouldn't that work? But and look I, at what they did uh, back of Lafitte anyway. Uh, what was the point of it? What was the uh, Bayou Norman? Okay, Bayou Norman. They literally dredged the river, had dredge pipes across LA twenty three, and just pumped it off into by the area around Bayou Norman to make the ground. Yeah. And after Hurricane Ida, that's the one area that still actually looked right. And that's what I'm saying because <laughs> they dredge from the upper Mississippi all the way down. Yeah. yeah. So you can't they, tell me there's not enough spoil to cover. But either way, either way, yeah. this is one of those, another one of those 25, 30, 50 year. I think it's 50 years 50 and it's going to produce like 50 acres of land. Right. Well, the issue there is, and I, I can play either way because I see both 
both things with a diversion. You go look at Davis diversion right now. What looks really healthy? You go into diversion, and it is lush green, allegedly building land. I have no idea. I haven't really looked into it that much. Um, but, but yeah. So it's 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 supposedly building land, and um, it's like yeah, it's lush and green. But there's areas of Lafitte that's dying. That water is already pumped into the Barataria Basin. You know, so it's like, is that, is that really helping that much? Um, but they do need to manage it right to where, because your river used to have natural flood and um, flood and recession cycles, right? Right. So your river used to do this. Your river also used to meander across from like the Atchafalaya Basin to present day, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, yeah. So like, um, little the river is really what needs to be talked about with this, is that the river was kind of like a sprinkler, you could say. So when it came out around Baton Rouge or St. Francisville area, really. It would start sprinkling there because you had you have more rock bluffs and all you have actual hills and rock bluffs and all up there right. that channelizes the river like near you know Miss, the Mississippi Louisiana border. Well, then after that, over the years, the delta it would go from the Atchafalaya Basin to New Orleans, you know, right or further. Well, well that's, that's why they're putting that diversion in is to save yeah. New Orleans, really. It's to simulate that, right? So. With this... You can't be too mad at it. It's just, it's a 50-year yeah. plan where I feel like if you were to just take the spoil and just start dropping it strategically, you know, throughout the so, marsh, you would see you would see that production immediately. You know what I mean? This is a 50-year deal. Yeah. You know, with, with I don't know how many millions of dollars. I just feel like if you started laying down land, laying down structure, you would see that immediately. Yeah, that, that was my only bone to pick with the diversion, other than what it's going to do to the estuary as far as fishing, where you're going to have to fish, and you know things of that sort. But with the river being this low, you know, if it continues to stay low like this, I don't think it's going to be producing what they think it's going to do. I don't think it's going to put that amount of fresh water into the bayou that that we're thinking it's going to put. Yeah, and you know, I I made a comment to a guide one time that was like, man, it's going to ruin my business doing this. It's going to ruin my guide business. And me being the smart ass that I am, I looked at him and I was like, why don't you learn how to guide for bass? Because if there's that much fresh water coming through here, it's going to be bass. We're gonna have for bass. Sure. And we already have bass in, the, in like Myrtle Grove area. Mm. Well, if you go up towards the pump station and all, yeah. If if there's the best way I could describe it, if you see oak trees and there's water, you have the high probability of bass being. Yeah. And I mean that was uh I'm gonna go back to Point Lahash. Point Lahash, we were throwing spinner baits, caught a redfish, a speckled trout, and a bass in the same chinas. Yeah. Like and that's that's like I said, man, it's just, I guess it's all about adapting. You know, we could pick bones about it all day long. It's not gonna change what's happening. What's done is done. We're just gonna have to learn to live with it, you know. But yeah. I mean, for the sake of a podcast, it's it's an issue to some, not to others. Yeah, and 
you, you know, talking about the little bit about the sediment, um, I'm going to try to get in contact with, um, I met a hydrologist, I believe is what he was, and he's for the Barataria Preserve, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know how they're going in the Barataria Preserve right now and knocking all the levees down from the canals and... Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the one that that was his grad project. Okay, was to do that. Um, and I was talking to him about it. And he said the problem with dredging, let's say five mile or a mile off the coast and pumping it in, like people were talking about, is that the sand or the sediment naturally settles on areas, right? So if you just pump sand from somewhere. It's going to wash out because it's not designed to be settled there. Right. He says, so you'd have to do other things. I mean, I don't, like I said, I need to get him on here. He might be able to explain it right, a little right. bit better. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, you, we're talking about this diversion and how it's going to hurt things. It's going to move the porpoises away. Guess what? Them porpoises, are they're going to move. They ain't going to stay there. And, uh. You know, it's like the oil spill. The oil spill was the death of the Louisiana coastline. Did yeah. You, did you notice that much of an effect on it? Uh, there was people that did, but I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh, a lot, yeah. It, it, so, that effect, that, that's something that everybody can agree on, that it screwed up a lot of it, people. It did. But what I'm saying, though, is your, your redfish population was already in decline there. Your trout population... but. You didn't see this whole I wouldn't kill say, off. I wouldn't say the... No, you didn't see a lot of kill-offs, but I wouldn't say the redfish was in a decline at that point in time. No, I would say... No, how long ago was that? Oh, That was some years, years ago, man. Yeah. yeah. So, but I would definitely say that there's... And I'm not saying I when I go fishing, I don't catch redfish. That's not what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, the fish... I'll be honest. The fish... I, the redfish I've been catching lately is all over 27. Um, and it's honestly in places I've never caught redfish before. So that's an entire estuary. I guess it's an estuary change. Yeah. Just similar to, like I said, uh, earlier when I, I was growing up fishing in Lafitte, you know, you'd have to go past Hackberry or, or Manila Village down yeah. in Grand Isle just to see porpoise. Now you got porpoise in the pen. Yeah. You got black tip sharks in Lake Salvador. And, and you know, that's the thing. <laughs> like I can remember as a kid. So you're, you're going to see a change. With or without this diversion, with or without these rules, you're going to see a change. You know? Um, yeah. So, come on, Harp. Puppy, think, puppy dog pals over here. Yeah, let them. <laughs> yeah, I had to let the dog out. It was at the begging at the back door. Uh, but, yeah, so... You know, and I've seen it. You've seen it. Um, my grandpa, I know, has definitely seen it because he talked about it. Oh yeah, I mean, um, but obviously been around a lot longer. Enough. And then, so, but we're gonna have Chris back on the podcast probably next week. You have time to record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a couple of days off. <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and start to wrap this one up. But talking about the sharks, man, did you see sharks and porpoise? That there was a video come off of Nova Scotia. The guy was striper fishing. And he said he hooked into something that he knew was a large animal. And he thought it was a porpoise. And I'm watching this video like that he had on TikTok or wherever I saw it. And I was like, 
I didn't know that was a white shark. That was a great white shark that was a juvenile, you know, that he hooked in a kayak. That must have been a rod. Dude, I, sure. I was like. I'll be honest, I'll cut the line. He did. Uh, like he, he made it pop. Like, oh, that yeah. was, yeah. But then he thought it was a porpoise that he hooked onto, so he just popped the line, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, but it breached. And I'm like, could you imagine, like. Uh, like a great white coming up in a kayak. Yeah, like. Bigger I, than your kayak. Yeah, I yeah. just, like, I'd die. Like, yeah. they, they wouldn't have to eat me. I would just be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about, like, sharks being where they've never been. When I was a kid, I could remember they caught a shark near my house in Bayou des Almonds. And, like, the whole town went out to see this shark. Because it was unheard of. Yeah, because it was unheard of. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I was running jug lines last night and had two sharks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, so that's the thing, dude. Things are changing with or without us. And, and, and they're going to continue to change yeah, with or without us. Wildlife and Fisheries has acknowledged that sharks were, not, I'm not going to say mishandled. But they were definitely not managed correctly, if that makes sense. I'll um, be honest, man. I've never kept up with any kind of regulations uh, on sharks. They, they, just so, because where I fish, yeah, you know, we'll we'll hook them here and there. But that's that's on the outside, you know, more more in the Gulf. But uh, yeah, you just don't really pay them no mind. You know, I've never been like, all right, guys, let's get the steel eaters ready. We're going yeah. to target sharks. Yeah, and, sharks are one of those things that's just you really don't pay no mind to because they're they're just there. And that's really like who goes to target sharks? There's people that do. Well, and I, I, look, don't get me wrong. If I knew somebody that knew how to prepare shark, I, I would go target them just to see. So and say I ate shark. Yeah, I had shark. Uh, you know, I mean, years ago, my dad yeah. caught one, but it's just not one of those things. You're like, I'm going, I'm going shark fishing today. Yeah. You're like, let's go hit the rigs for some uh, some snapper or yeah. something. Oh, and, it's a shark. And I, we don't have that community here, but the shark fishing regulations were so stringent for so long, there's a ton of sharks out there. Oh, yeah, that's a that's and, a fact. And my brother pulled up to a rig a couple weeks ago and uh they didn't even drop a line. Yeah, like they didn't even drop a line. He said there's twenty, thirty, I mean, on top. So who who knows what's down below? I mean, I have a picture on Instagram and I'll put it back out, um, or I'll reshare it of my grandpa. Holding, I mean, a decent sized snapper, and it's just the head. Like, you know how big that shark was to eat a whole snapper? Right. Like, one bite. So, um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up for this one. We're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about a few different things. You know, alligator season's coming up, bow season's coming up, teal season's coming up. Teal season's in, like, what? Most of the couple day. weeks. Uh, a month. Man. Yeah, a month. Like one month to the day. So, or yeah, it starts it's the on the 15th. 15th. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. going to be a hot one. Yeah. Um, uh, and I haven't seen it many birds, but we'll we'll get on that on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you thank a veteran, thank a first responder. They allow us to do what we do, and I hope to catch you on the B-side of the outdoors.